Hey y'all, welcome back to Holler Back. This is season three, episode five. I'm Billy Deverts. And I'm Stacy Fugit. And as we're winding down the semester here, we have a pretty special guest um, that serves a place that is near and dear to mine and Billy's hearts. Um, Daniel Wilson, he is the uh, new director for the Robinson Center for Appalachian Resource Sustainability, as well as the East Regional Extension Director here in Kentucky. Um, so Daniel, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, introduce yourself, and then just we'll jump in. Thank you, Stacey, and thank you, uh, Billy Bow, for having me on. Um, my, like she said, my name is Daniel Wilson, and um, I've have uh, grew up in Jackson County, Kentucky, which is where I'm originally from, and um, I uh, grew up on a small farm there and uh, had tobacco and cattle and hay horses you know the the small small smaller eastern Kentucky farms uh, typical and then it, it went during my childhood and then from there I went to um, University of Tennessee and got my undergraduate degree in um, ag education and ag science and then um, was fortunate enough to to come back to Kentucky then and I started working for the cooperative extension service and um, as a uh, uh, an assistant, and then um, I transitioned then to the to an ag agent. And during the course of that time, I was I was the ag agent in Wolf County for about ten years. And then um, I was then during that time, I got my master's degree in ag education and community and leadership development um, from the University of Kentucky. And then um, from there, I transitioned to director um, over over in, in extension service and then I've been recently been named the East Regional Director and over the our car center there at um, in Jackson so it's kind of a little bit of a background on me and, and I enjoy um, enjoy what I do and I enjoy helping people and in, in our community so in Appalachia. Well we definitely need more of that um, it's really important to, to care about your communities and give back to them so what motivated you to want to get to where you are today? Well, I think growing up in Appalachia and in, you know, in Eastern Kentucky and, you know, with some of my farming background growing up, uh, initially seeing some of the way of some of the hardships, some of the people have faced over time and, and some of my own family and wanting to have that um, ability to give back to the community and be able to help our citizens in East Kentucky has always been something that's been at the foremost thought of my mind, you know, at every, at every step and every stage of so far in my career. And um, that's, that's ultimately what made me want to get into what we do. And in the extension service is, is we are a, you know, a people, a people centric organization. And I don't know of any other organization that's, embedded in each community in all 120 counties across the state um, that's uh, more beneficial and more needed I think in this day and time and um, and I'm proud to be a part of that and so to have the ability to help help our communities and help help our um, help our people and then through the uh, the RCAR center there were um, in, in Jackson the research center you know we we really have the opportunity to help the community, you know, as well in, in a more broader way, in a more regional, you know, kind of type aspect. And so that's something that we're really dedicating a lot of time and we do have a lot of great people working to try to serve the people in Appalachia in that capacity as well. Yeah, so what is your um, job as the new director of the research center? What does that entail? Like, what does that look like on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, it, it's, it, we, 
an interesting question. You know, we every day is kind of not the same, but but my my overall duties for the as being the director is you know some is to manage our, our budgets and you know to help manage our employees and our facilities and our grounds and some of the the research that goes on there so that it's sustainable and so that we can um, we'll be so that we can sustain it, but we can also advance it. You know, I think that's what we're really taking a hard look at is is with the pandemic we've been in. You know, how can we better serve the communities in a you know, in a socially distanced manner, you know, so we're working on some got a new classroom come that we're putting in with some kind of some state of the art um, uh, equipment that you can get online with looking at maybe putting in a zoom room, you know, those kinds of things that the community could come and partake in and, and use some of those and have access to some of those um, facilities and needs there, you know, locally, but our, our job as a center is is to get to grow into, um, you know, to take the research based information for Easter Kentucky, you know, and make sure it gets disseminated out to the people. Because the uh, car Center is the East Kentucky Research Center for the University of Kentucky, you know, for the College of Agriculture. And so we we are researching things there that is, you know, that's relatable to Appalachia and that information goes out to all of our people, so. So, um, oh, never mind, Stacey. If you oh. want to go ahead and ask that question, sorry about that. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, I just have an ad lib real quick. So um, that's kind of what you're, I swear, how do you not, first of all, how do you not work more than 40 hours a week? <laughs> but so that's what your job as the director of the uh, Robinson Center kind of entails. But how does that intertwine or kind of compare to the uh, being the director of the um, East Regional Extension? Well, it's it's an interesting comparison but it's one that we are trying to that um that we're that we've tried to converge the two you know we've got there you got the research side of the college and then you have the extension side so we're 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 putting the two together in a way that we we can have um the ability to say okay we have a need here we have a need there to be able to, to get the information out and disseminate it even quicker you know to our communities and so that's the goal with it. And, and plus we're all in it together. You know, we're all have the same goals. We're doing the research because it's to help our people, whether that's to help a farmer or that's to help um, a family member, whatever's going on, you know, uh, that, that, that the research side is providing. But then the extension side of things is the goal is the same. You know, if you have a need, if the community has a need, we work with that community to identify those needs and we address them, you know? So when we're all united and have, um, common goals, then it, it allows us to help our people, you know, in, in a more efficient manner. And that's kind of what we're shooting for. So. So you mentioned um, that the the research you'll use to help everybody in Appalachia, not just um, providing the research to UK. So can you elaborate on that or give an example of a type of research that would be provided to the people in Appalachia to help them? We have one of, one of the newer things we have going on in research is we have um, some of the hemp research, you know, and, and that's some of the uh, one of the more hotter topics in the farming community the last couple of years has been the production of hemp and the ability to do that. And so we have some um, uh, like some disease research going on, how that we can treat the hemp, you know, if, they, if it gets diseased and what chemicals to use and and those kinds of things that helps our producers know how to know how to handle the hemp if they have issues in their own operations. So, and that's an Appalachia, you know, in our in our eastern Kentucky counties. That's as a comparison. So, 
We also have a, a hemp study, our, our horticulturalist, um, Dr. Sean Wright has a, a, a hop study that he's has put in place. So for the kind of the local brewery movement that we've been um, working with. And so um, he's got some of that going on. And then we're also, we also have the, the Robinson Forest and have a lot of forest and wood um, research. And we have a, um, uh, some projects kind of coming down the pike and that that's, that's been in place for years, but we've got some new ones coming. And um, so we have that, those sides of things it's covered as well. We also have some SNAP uh, education specialists and assistants that are stationed at the center as well. And they work with our local communities on providing SNAP education program, you know, taking the research-based information out to those communities from a more regional aspect. Um, and we're working with some, um, we've uh, been working with the, um, the Department of Fine Arts on campus to provide uh, there's some grant opportunities and we're going to be providing uh, our cars is going to be provided as the host site for that to be able to do some programming um, directly from the College of Fine Arts into our communities you know, through some grant work there. And so there's some opportunities for uh, also recently it's not all done and official yet but there's some I'll be some opportunities to get into school systems and work with some kids on some art projects um, directly from the university out in the communities. So so it sounds like you got your hands in a little bit of everything. <laughs> Absolutely. We do. We got a little hands in a little bit of everything. And we've also recently been um, a food distribution site during the pandemic. We've actually partnered with God's Food Pantry and the Breathy County Extension Service there at our cars to give, give out about 150 to ish or so food boxes once a month to people in the community that are needing. We give that out at the Wood Center. Um, they come once a month and you know we have drive throughs and we package all the food together into boxes and you know, load their cars up and that's been a great project for the community and for the center to to raise visibility but also to partner in a way that we can give back to the community you know because we're so so embedded that we want to be able to give back to the community in a positive way that's impactful and so in every car that comes through there that gets a food box also gets research-based information on recipes on food handling on anything that's pertinent to the time or to the, to the situation. Like we had the floods a couple months ago, you know, and everybody that come through that month got, got flood, you know, damage, research information on how to, you know, deal with flood damaged uh, food or flood damaged um, anything in your home or anything that the water's touched, you know, how to do some of those steps. And so that's pretty impactful. We're, we're putting that into the hands of 150 people directly that we normally wouldn't have gotten without that partnership. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so not only are you giving back to the people in Eastern Kentucky, but also it, it sounds like you're forming a sustainable relationship with them. And so, um, you know, giving them, it's like you catch a, what is the saying? You catch a fish for a man and he'll eat for a day, but you teach a man to fish. <laughs> That's what it made yeah. me think of. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned the, the hemp business and I'm really, um, interested in that I didn't know um because I know that the Robinson Center obviously has like the Robinson Forest and we'll get into a little bit of that later um what kind of red tape is there with the hemp business is that I know that you know legally I don't know if it's available in Kentucky or you know how is that coming along or if you have any insight yeah it's been legal to grow here for the last few years I think it's been 
four or five years, I think, ago, it has become, become legal to grow. And we're, you know, we're the university or the LARCARS has, has partnered. You know, our, our job is to provide some of the research-based information on the hemp to the producers of how to grow it because it's somewhat of a new crop. You know, it's, it's, grown, it's been grown in the past. It's been a long time ago, you know, and so and um, so we're we're updating our information, and that's what all of our specialists are going into, you know, as far as what their variety trials and their, you know, the the the, the specialists or the, the the specifications on their research, you know, I can't answer to, but yeah, you can. Hemp has been an impactful um, has been impactful to our economy and to our to our ag producers statewide, you know, and so um, in East Kentucky, in in the past has. We had um, grown a lot of tobacco. You know, we used to be a tobacco state. You know, 20 years ago. Well, the 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 farmers that are growing that used to grow the tobacco, you know, are the ones that have interest in growing the hemp because it's very similar, similar in nature and in similar, in, you know, in, in how you grow it and, and produce it and, and harvest it. But it's not it's not the same. But um, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity for Eastern Kentucky farmers to partake in the hemp in the future. Um, you know, if as it becomes more and more um, more and more accessible and then, then the need kind of becomes more and more for the hemp. But that's one, one area that we've been, been helping and partner with is, is with the hemp. So. There is um, one question that we forgot to ask, but I really wanted to talk about it. Um, there's a history with the Robinson Center and how it came about. And I think it involves E.O. Robinson and his story. And um, it's really interesting to know how significant it was, not just in Kentucky, but in the country as a whole. Because I think I remember when me and Stacy were in Robinson, we would talk about the history of Robinson and E.O. Robinson and the role that he played, which was tremendous. And I think it was in logging, correct? That's correct, yeah. Could you, could you talk about that history? Because it is really interesting and I wanted to make sure our listeners get to hear about it. Well, Years ago, you know, before the, the the land was donated to the university, you know, it was the you know quicksand where our cars is located was the biggest um, cause of Robinson was the biggest, basically the biggest lumber and logging yard in the entire world, and so um, you know back then they didn't have the the I guess the sustainability practices that we do now when it comes to logging and into forestry, and so they had you know taken a lot of the the virgin timber that was in the area and away from there and it was a booming time you know booming booming area during that time and um so our local historian there in jackson he talks he tells he tells the story on it a lot and one one interesting tale about that was was once once the kind of logging once the logs were harvested and the trees were harvested you know they they had no need for the you know for the the town and, and the quicksand there like they did in the past and so that was how it got brought up about donating the land to the university was from that after after the the boom and kind of went down but the interesting thing about that was was it was the original site of for eastern kentucky university it was the original proposal was was going to be there at the at the center was was eastern kentucky had been proposed to put there and i don't know what happened at the time but it ended up going to richmond obviously and, and we're we're um, where it currently is now, but that's how the University of Kentucky then was gifted the land back in the day was because it was going to go to Eastern Kentucky, but now it's going to to it come to the university. And so we've been in been care of it ever since, and um and, and it's been our mission and to use the it's been our goal I guess over the years to to use the, the land for 
research and to give back to the community in, in all the ways we're, we're still trying to do, so. That's awesome, yeah. Um, whenever, so me and Billy obviously go to UK, and so whenever we tell people like, oh, we're from Eastern Kentucky, if they're not from Kentucky, they automatically assume that that's Richmond. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you're from Richmond, and I'm like, incorrect. <laughs> Not even close, but that's okay. Um, I don't fault you for it. So, um, yeah, that's interesting how, you know, the the beginnings of a land that has been so fruitful. Um, another way that that land has been fruitful is the Robinson Scholars Program, um, which I'm, I know that you know about, obviously. Um, but for our listeners that don't know, um, it was a, I want to say was because the program is not what it quite used to be, but I also... Uh, know that it still exists in some capacity, which is what I want to ask about. But just to elaborate on what that is for our listeners, um, it is a scholarship program that served 29 counties in eastern Kentucky. Um, In order to be eligible for the program, you had to be a first-generation college student. And um, at its peak, the program was um, giving out 29 full rides to the University of Kentucky every single year. So um, one full paid scholarship per county. Um, And that's where it was luckily whenever me and Billy received the scholarships. Um, But since it is kind of, I don't want to say went downhill because I feel like that has a negative connotation. Um, But the program isn't necessarily what it used to be. Um, So it's not as it's not as broad as what it used to be. It exactly. used to have a lot more programs with not just in college, mm-hmm. but in the high school. And then before we came along all the way into eighth grade, if I remember right. Yeah, I actually, uh, because my older brother applied for it in the eighth grade. And so he, um, he was like, whenever I was in the eighth grade, he was like, says, you have to apply for this. And then I tried and they were like, no, like they changed the complete program. And now it's all high school. Um, so Daniel, could you tell us a little bit about how the Robinson Center relates to the Robinson Scholars Program now, or is there a correlation anymore, or what's the relationship there? Well, the correlation is, is you know, is, it was funded. It's, the funding is, you know, is similar to what come, you know, from, you know, what the land, you know, donation and all that, you know, years ago is, it, it's established to help the, help the students in Appalachia and, and you know, and that that's been its intent. I think that's still its intent. I think it's just re, they just redesigned the program in a way that's um, you know that 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 the way that they're spending it now. You know, and that's you know. It, but I think the, the the goal was still to help as many kids from Appalachia as, as can you know can go to the university. You know, to get some either that's a full ride or that's a you know a scholarship. You know, of some in some manner now. And um, so the intent, the, the importance of that is is that our that our students from Appalachia have had a wonderful benefit to be able to go to the University of Kentucky and gain a, you know, first class world, you know, renowned education. And that's something that we're all proud of. That's, that's the partnerships that we're trying to talk about in the community that we want to try to embrace and, and bring forward is, is, is that, and that's the, you know, our, our youth or is our, our youth in, in, you know, in Appalachia is who's going to go and, get that education and come back. And that's the goal is they want to come back and give back to our communities because that's what we need, you know, and so. Yeah, I remember um, whenever I was in the Robinson Scholars Program in high school, the Robinson Forest played a big role in my experience with the program. And um, one of my favorite things, besides just staying in those little, little cabins that they have there, 
um, was going up and hiking to the fire tower. And I think at the time we may have been allowed to go up it a little bit. I don't know. if Can you still do that now? Are you still allowed to go up to the fire tower? Yeah, at times, yes. So, yes. Yeah, the for, the Robinson Forest Camp, there's been a lot of people stay there and a lot of memories, and it's still there, and we're still having people stay there on a regular basis. We have um, students from the university, the forestry department that have come down and stay frequently. We've had, we've had spring camp here recently, and um, it's been, um, it's a wonderful facility, and we have um, some employees that stay up there that um, take care of all of the cooking and the grounds, and, you know, we have a new assistant director of Robinson Forest. His name's John Reinstedtel, and um, everybody's working together to to make sure that the camp is beneficial to the to the to the community, to the university, you know, and to our mission at our cars, and you know, to serve the communities. And you know, it's um, like you said, everybody that's ever that or, or Billy, what you said about um, kind of that nostalgia of having those great memories. You know, that's what we want. You know, we want people because when you're there, you're you're you know, it's you're kind of away from you know, the, the hustle and bustle of every day and you're there and you can focus and you focus on what you're there for and you focus with your with the group you're with, whether that's students or, you know, whatever's going on, whatever you're there for. And you, you, you focus and you, you know, you enjoy the environment, you learn about the forest, you know, you learn about the ecosystems that are there. And, um, and you learn about the impact of what the forestry industry is for the state, you know, and it's the number one economic driver in this entire state as far as the ag, you know, on the ag side. So, and um, that's something that a lot of people don't realize and, and know, but, um, but that's why we put those inputs into the Robinson Forest so that students and, and um, leadership can have those experiences when they come, so. Well, that's I remember. Good. That's good to hear that you had a positive experience. That's good to hear. So. Oh, yeah. I, I had more experiences with it, too, outside of Robinson. I remember um, one of my favorite things when I was there was the food. And there was a lady that was really nice. I really liked her that always prepared it. And she was always excited to get us to come eat. I wish I could remember her name. She was so Neva. nice. Neva. Huh? Neva. That, sounds, that sounds right. Erwin and, um, and Neva, they're, they're um, husband and wife, and they take care of the of the forest up there for the last I'd say eight or ten years and so they're they um they they're a big um they're a big reason why that we can do what we do up there so yeah they they were really nice and when we went up there I went with a um 4-H natural resources and environmental sciences academy I don't know if that's still a thing but um I was in the it is okay I was one of the people in the first class of that the first year that they done that Great. And yep. um, the NRACI was, Academy. So. Yeah. And uh, that was with, do you, do you know David Ditch? Yep. David Ditch yeah. was the former, former director of the R Cars. Yep. Yeah. He uh, he was really nice. I, I, got, I got to work a lot with him, but I really liked going in, staying in those cabins, going out into the forest, doing a work. Cause, you know, if you're familiar with the program, we had um, water science, forestry, and then um, wildlife and go out and learn all day, do all this cool stuff. We got to play with drones one time and uh, come back, sit around the campfire. But one of my favorite years was forestry. And there was a lot to learn at the Robin, Robinson Forest about forestry. So how does um, uh, our cars 
work to strengthen the forestry department here in Lexington as well? Well, the forestry department really is the backbone of the Robinson Forest. You know what I'm saying? We're just, our cars is just, we, we're, the forest, the Robinson Forest and our cars are, you know, are one and the same. It's part of the same, we're part of the same research farm. And the forestry department on campus, uh, we, I work with Dr. Jeff Stringer, who's a department chair, you know, daily and weekly. You know, I mean, we're, we're constant communication on what we can do to uh, strengthen our strengthen our relationship, do what's best for the you know the region, and really you know the the impactfulness of the research that comes out of there. You know, there's a lot of research trials and a lot of things that goes on at the forest that has been for a long time, and Dr. Stringer has been you know, instrumental in in, uh, in that research is over his career. And so, you know, we want to strengthen that. There's kids that come from campus, students that come from the Department of Forestry down to the, they may stay, you know, weeks at a time at the Robinson Forest and have class there. And, um, and like you said, they, they do the, the similar things and, and uh, with the, the streams and the, the wildlife and the, you know, the different ecosystems that are within the forest. And so we have, you know, we, we try to work together and try to partner. And um, we, you know, we, there's things that the Forestry Department funds and there's things that we fund and there's things that other departments fund, you know, to try to make everything Thing work and um, so it's a partnership, and it's our goal is to make that partnership strong and so that it may it, re, it remains viable, you know. And so um, because everybody has different hands and needs in you know kind of in 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 every aspect of our cars, but we we want to make sure that um, we want to make sure that we're working together so that we can help the people and, and the students, you know, and, and and promote the university in a positive. Yeah, it's funny. My um, roommate, Emily, she's actually a forestry major. And, you know, we were talking about like what her next semester looks like because I'm graduating in May. And I was like, oh, what does your next semester look like? She's like, I'm going to be spending a lot of time in the Robinson Forest. Um, so we had a, a really cool conversation about that just because um, she knows that I'm a Robinson scholar. So it's kind of a small world. She's not from Eastern Kentucky. So I was like, you're going to go to my stomping grounds uh, and see what it's all about. Um, very small world. So what do you see in the future for the Robinson Center? Well, that's a loaded well, question. So yeah, yeah, question. well, we're what we want to do is is what what me and my team, you know, we have I have a team, we have I have a team of assistant directors and we have, you know, we everybody and I say when I say me, I mean we're saying we. I mean we we do things together. I want to take things and, and we want to we want to partner and take the center in a direction that's um, not just of my own, you know, thinking or direction. I mean, we're, we're in this together. So that being said with my team, you know, we, we've, we've got to try to have, find some avenues to maybe plug in some research, you know, that, and some things that we have not been able to do, you know, or, or that's maybe not been a while since we've done some things like an example would be like some, some beef research, you know, or maybe some livestock research that we've not, we've not necessarily had any livestock the last few years at the center, you know, so maybe there's a way we, we've been working on a beef project where we would finish out some beef calves there at the center, you know, kind of under a, a what we Am I the one that's locked up or is it him? I think it may be him. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna send a message in the chat. 
Are you still there? Yeah, can you hear me? So. Yeah, you just came back. I think we lost you right at the beginning of the answer to your question. Sorry about that. Which one? Where did, how, where did I stop at? Um, you were talking about the livestock research that uh, you would want to conduct. Oh, the beef. Yeah, we got we got some we got a beef project that's kind of been um, kind of come about because of the pandemic, because of the local meat movement, the local meat market, because of the, the everybody had to stay at home, right? And there was this local concern that we was, you know, there was not enough meat, there's not enough food in the stores. And so we 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 seen that there's the slaughter facilities, the local slaughter facilities um, that do custom work are booked up two years in advance, some of them right now. I mean, we're talking months and years in advance. And so there's this really strong push and, and um, uh, that there's a strong need to be able to finish some animals out locally. Typically, in the past, our, our animals, our, our beef cows, will, our calves will go from East Kentucky or from Kentucky to another state out west and finish, you know, and slaughter, and then they, you know, ship the meat back. Obviously, well, we're we're getting a strong movement to where we we have some people wanting to locally, you know, finish them out. So maybe providing some research there and, and an example, like a demo slash research facility and barn where we could finish out some calves and have producers come in, in at every step of the way and learn how, how that they could do this on their own farms. And um, we're gonna do it on a very small scale as well so that it's relatable to East Kentucky. You know, if you have land on the side of a hill or up a holler somewhere, you know, that you could, you know, put a put a facility like this or a little small barn, then you, you know, you could do this at your own home, you know? So that's the goal there is, is something, that's one goal. The other thing is, I think we have to be realistic that after the pandemic that we're gonna have you know, programming is going to be different. You know, we're going to have this people that want to come, but they will say, we know, can we do it online? You know, so having the capabilities to be able to conduct a program, say it's a field, a field walk or a field research program where you're walking along, looking at research in a field of that hemp or whatever's going on or that vegetable trial and being able to get that information, you know, on Zoom, on the internet, some way that it's interactive for somebody that can't make it. And so, um, that, or that has health concerns that they can't make it. And um, I think that's something that we gotta have to prioritize as well. Um, and then also we have our Wood Center and we have some other other places that we're trying to, um, you know, we've got a new classroom coming in and just, just trying to, to think of different avenues that we can be able to partner in the community. So we do have an entrepreneurial pro, pro, program at the, at the Wood Center there at Arcars where that um, people that have an interest in wood making or they have a business idea, they can come and partner with us and kind of learn their trade as like a entrepreneurial type um, program, and um, and then be able to go back and do that in their in their own for their own businesses, you know, in their own homes. So things like that that we can give back, and then also the very similar to the to the food boxes and to um, some of the other things that we're trying to do, just try and find ways that we can be a partner in the community that benefits the community in a positive way um, that they say, okay, that's UK. You know, when they think about UK, everybody thinks about the basketball team or they think about going to UK, you know, but they don't realize that the University of Kentucky has so much more to offer, you know, sometimes. And so I think it's our job in extension and in the, uh, our cars at, at our cars to make sure the community knows that we're there with them and helping them and partnering with us. Um. You mentioned using agricultural research to educate people on uh, becoming a farmer, uh, using different techniques in farming. 
and you were talking about like if you've got the land you can go here and build this facility this barn whatever um to to start using these techniques this may be a little bit of wishful thinking but i have a question about that are mm -hmm. there any types of financial assistance or grants that could be um filled out for these people who are wanting to get started in that but may need a little bit of help absolutely there's there's grants and opportunities you know with several different organizations and avenues um billy it just depends on you know what, what you're looking for at the time and kind of what you want to get into i know the farm service agency um the conservation districts the there's we have uh, the governor's office of ag policy here in this state that was started out of the tobacco settlement funds years ago there's opportunities there there's local lenders um you know there's local banks and local lenders that have grants or they have some some opportunities to borrow some money and get started so it just kind of depends on i think your situation and what you're wanting to do what i would suggest somebody that's wanting to start a business like this or a farm or whatever that they're there they have an interest in i would suggest them starting with their local ag extension agent you know in, in each one of those counties uh, extension offices um, and just walk in and say, hey, you know, what? where can I get some help, some funding, some grants? What can I look at? Um, there's, um, you know, they, they have a good resource list that they could point them to. So, and if if any, if if none of that's available and people want to do their own research at home, you know, I would start with the USDA websites and the, um, the Farm Service Agency websites and start, start kind of looking from there, so. One, something I want to stress that you just mentioned that I feel like people overlook a lot is the, uh, is the utilization of the extension offices in your counties. So I went all through up until I got into the NRESCI Academy, which was seventh grade, all the way up through there, not knowing what an extension office was. And the majority of people around me didn't really know about the extension office. But given I'm, I grew up in an area that was a little about 20, 30 minutes away from the extension office. But there's a lot, that's a really resourceful place that you go, you can go to at any time in your county. And I really wanted to stress that to the listeners that if you have any questions regarding agriculture or anything in general, to be honest, um, the extension center in your county is really resourceful and really useful. Absolutely. Well, and, and within that, Bill, you're absolutely right. You know, it's, it is, you know, if, if you need to know something, I think you can start there. We can we can help you. We can get you pointed in the right direction. You know, when I was in Wolf County, we had people that would just call us and say, what's the number? To the, what's, what's the phone number to such and such? You know, we can't find it, you know, kind of thing. They trusted us enough to say, hey, you know, we can, we're going to get an answer if we call that those individuals. So, and we have also, you know, and it's not just for farmers, you know, it's, we got, there's 4-H, which obviously the NRSCI was what you was a part of. And we have family consumer sciences that we have, you know, some amazing programs in going across the state, helping families and helping individuals. Um, we have horticulture um, program, horticulture agents. We have we have um, three fine arts agents that are across the state that are helping with um, arts in their communities, and and all three of those are actually in Appalachia in Eastern Kentucky, and so um, so we have some great resources. We have some great things going on, and absolutely, if if you need help with any of those things make sure you call your local extension office. And if you don't need anything, just stop in one day and say, hey, you know, what have you got going on? We have newsletters that go out pretty much monthly in each county. And um, we have websites that can direct them to some of the information and they, they can give them some local programming. That's, you know, they're gonna get that local research-based program in their communities that they can't get anywhere else. And so 
Um, so absolutely start, start there at your extension service and um, they will get you appointed in the right direction. Yeah, I really feel like they've got a little bit of everything. Um, my best friend and I, we used to go to the uh, quilt sewing workshops that our 4-H center always have. We did the avian team and we went to the state fair to judge chickens and it was just like so niche, uh, but also some of the best memories. Um, and I mean, knowing how to use a sewing machine is very useful as well. Um, yeah, so, well, Daniel, thank you for taking the time to be here today. We always like to ask um, our guests, are there any projects that you'd like to plug before we end the show or just something that you want to impart on our listeners? Or websites or social media, anything like that. Well, we have, um, we have the websites, you know, we have plenty of, plenty of websites that, that, that we are affiliated with, you know, with each one of your county offices have your website. I, I would just Google, you know, whatever you're looking for, you can always just Google it. Um, it'd be hard to, to list all the addresses of all of those on, on here, but um, you can always Google and, and, and it'll, it'll pretty much get you to the right website. But um, just, just as a promotion for what we do, you know, the, 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 we have so many people, we have so many amazing people. I want to just say this at, at the very end. And, and I'm just, you know, um, happen to be the person on the call today, but or on the, the, the podcast, but we have so many amazing people that any one of them could have stepped in here and done this and talk about their one specific thing and are, are the many things that they're doing. And so, and that's something that we're all proud of, that I'm proud of is to work with such great people and then be able to help our people, the people that, that I love, you know, the people of Appalachia. And um, because that's who we are, that's who we, when you, you know, you grow up here, you're, you feel a part of that, you know? And so um, sometimes I was, when I went to, I'll say this much, when I was in, in college, you know, sometimes you get, you know, they, got that country accent, you know, that East Kentucky accent, and people would be like, you know, looking at you sideways, and like, what did he say, you know, or what did they say? Well, used to, you think, ah, you know, that's something, you know, you try to not, not, may not, not hide that, but, you know what I'm saying, but you're like, you know, you're taken back by that, by that notion, and now it's not that way for any me anymore, you know, because you always should be proud of where you come from, and you should be part of, proud of being part of Appalachia if you're from here, and so I, I definitely am, so. But um, I want to thank you both for having me on. And if we can do anything to let, let if we can do any help, any help anybody, anything to help anybody, please let me know, reach out and um, we will, we'll help you any way we can, whether that's through extension or through the Robinson Center um, uh, there at uh, Quicksand. So. Yeah, well, we are honored to have you. Uh, we know you're a busy man. So <laughs> just from the small amount of stuff that you told us today. Um, so we'll go ahead and close out. Thank you all for listening. Um, in the meantime, stay tuned for episode six. And I am Stacy. And I'm Billy. And we'll holler at you later. <laughs>